Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. We are Kim, Marcy, and Katie. We are three women on one mission. We are obsessed with empowering women to gain confidence, build strength, and ditch feelings of unworthiness. So grab your chair, come sit at our table, and let's talk. Hello, and welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag, and with me, I have Katie Crocus and Marcy Nevin. Hello, ladies. Hello. Hello. We're back. The gang is back together. (laughs) We've missed missed you, ladies. I know. It's been a good time. It's been a good while since we've actually all been together. I feel like we have so much to catch up on, and since Marcy and I podcasted, I think two weeks ago together, and talked about our stuff I think we have to start with you because you've been on not one but two trips yeah take us through what you've been up to okay so since we last met uh, I finished (laughs) the launch of fitter after 40 had my biggest launch yet lots of ladies got 92 ladies inside of fitter after 40 working really hard it's really exciting getting that off the ground every time I launch it I'm excited so that was a big feat and literally I closed the card at 10 p.m on a Friday night doors closed and I was running around trying to get ready because I had to leave for the airport at five o'clock the next morning. Oh, oh my God. And, you know, you just always think it, you think you're ahead of the deal. I did, I made a really big boo-boo that night. I decided at the last minute I was still going to do my self-tanner at midnight. <laughs> I really should have just said, you're just not doing it, Kim. Because we're Alaska, even though we were Alaska. going to Alaska, yeah, <laughs> we bought the thermal spa package. And if you've ever been on a cruise ship, there's this area of the ship, and it's you can it feels like you're outside. They keep it nice and warm, and there's multiple like hot tubs, smaller pools, like lounge chair set up as though you're on the deck of a pool. The windows, so you're like watching the ocean, and you're in your bathing suit, but you're inside. And so I knew I was going to be doing that. So it still felt like I should tan. Like I'm not, I'm a little pale. So guys, never, ever self-tan at midnight when you're exhausted. Like I was so exhausted. I thought I did fine. I got up the next morning and I was like, whoa. And then I showed my husband. He's like, what happened? What happened? I had streaks everywhere. Like there were like giant chunks missing in random places. (laughs) It was not a good look. I fixed it by getting in the hot tub the first day and like scrubbing myself in the hot tub. But yeah, so I left for Alaska the next day. Well, actually- we had a whirlwind day in Seattle, which was really fun. Met up with old friends. I've never been to Seattle. I love getting like, just like a quick bird's eye view of someone's city. And my friend is really good at that. So she like drug us all around that city, showing us like toy highlights of Seattle. We saw all the things. It was really fun. And then I went to Alaska. Have either of you ladies been to Alaska? No. And that's why I have been just so eager to hear about this trip because from the little that I saw on Instagram, you had an amazing time and it was beyond like beyond amazing. Yeah. There there's another woman that I follow who I met when I was in Arizona and she had gone from Arizona, like right to Alaska. I don't know if she was on a cruise, but she had done a reel after her trip and she was like, you have to go. If there's like no other place that you decide to take a trip to make it Alaska. Absolutely. I so agree. I've always had the itch to go to Alaska. I just thought it sounded exotic and exciting. And wow, it really was. There's just no other place I've ever been that is this remote. Like you are out there and you realize like there's nothing around. Like even if I could, like I could see the land from the boat, but even if I like swam myself over there, there's no one there when I get there. Like you are out in the middle of nowhere. And it was so exciting to see all of the wildlife. Like 
I've never been around this much wildlife, even like from the side of like from our balcony, we would go out sometimes and there would just be pods of whales. Like, and you could like look in the distance and just see humpback whale spouts, like dozens of them and like whales jumping. Like it was Where were you when you saw that bear? In, oh, the, the bear. I was were in, you in land at that point? Or I was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, my husband and I, we booked a tour called um, something like Whales and Bears. So first we went on a two and a half hour whale watching trip, which was like one of, these were the two highest, this tour was the highest. So we did that for a couple of hours. And then we went, um, we got on this like little bus and um, this woman from Huna, the name of this town is called Huna. It's an icy straight point is what, what like the touristy name of it, but the actual indigenous town is called Huna. Um, and they took us up, like we drove and drove on, like I fell asleep. I like napped on this bus. And then we went in the middle of the woods and um, they took us on this bear walk. Um, it kind of reminded me of that child's book going on a bear hunt. <laughs> like we went on a bear hunt and you're not going to shoot the bear when you find them, but right. the whole point is to find bears and they don't guarantee that you're going to see a bear. The whale tour, they basically say like, if you don't see whales, we'll give you your money back because we can guarantee we can find whales, but they don't guarantee you can find bears. So we go on this hike and it wasn't a long hike. It was more like a walk in the woods and you get to learn all about this cool environment, which looks like solid ground, but it turns out she's like, we're not actually standing on solid ground. We're standing on this like boardwalk they built on the ground because it's a big marsh. It's, I can't remember the name of it. It's like a bog, but they, they have a different name for it. And so it's just like, there were holes. And she's like, if you stepped in that hole, you could fall down like 70 feet. Uh, she's oh like, don't, don't step in the hole. <laughs> and it was really interesting. I said, well, how do, what do the bears do? Like bears are thousands of pounds. And she says, they pass down roots that are safe, that are sturdy, that you can walk on. And they pass them down to their young children, like generation upon generation. So they know which path that they can walk on and it's solid ground. And so she would show us, like we would take pictures of these solid paths. So even if we hadn't seen the bear, just seeing this wilderness was like incredible. So you go into the woods and they have these three different platforms. So you go to the first platform and you stand on it. It's overlooking this meadow and then you just look for bears. And there were only, there was like 18 of us on this tour, maybe 20. And everyone's very quiet the whole time we whisper and you just look for bears and we couldn't see any bears, but we saw bald eagles and we saw like, you could see salmon, like literally jumping in the river, like jumping. <laughs> so again, it was just, even if you didn't see a bear, it was amazing. And we did this three times, no bear platform one for 10 minutes. Then you hike again, no bear platform two, platform three, we're like almost ready to leave. And she gets a radio call that the people on platform one can see a bear near us but we couldn't see it because the way the trees are. So she's like, let's just wait a few minutes. All of a sudden here comes this bear downstream and we're watching him in the distance and he's getting closer and closer. And then that picture, that video I posted, he like was right in front of us. Like, right. I could not believe it. And it was a big grizzly bear. Like, I was so fascinated by that video, trying to figure out the perspective of just how close you were because like- We were close. So clear. Yeah, that was not like a major, like zoom in 200 uh -uh. times. We were up wow. in the air, so we're on this platform, but it wasn't that high, but he was very interested in the, and they do have people there with you who have a gun and bear spray. So it's like, if the bear is going to attack you, the lady has bear spray. And then on her, her walkie talkie, there's like three guys in the woods with guns. They can come and protect you. So they've never had to shoot a bear. Um, 
So that's good because we're trying to not hurt the bears, right? <laughs> but okay. but we're trying to get close to it. It was amazing, like watching this bear like run and play. We watched him eat salmon, like watched him like dip his paw down and like eat the salmon. It was incredible. Like I just couldn't believe that we were this close to the and at the same time, here's the bear. All of a sudden, bald eagle comes. And now there's a bald eagle and a bear right <laughs> near each other. Like that's wild. That's like you get to see that unforgettable lifetime unforgettable that's unforgettable um that was for sure that and then the other highlight of my trip was the glaciers ladies these Mm. glaciers incredible we had two days one we rode in a canoe out to what's called mendenhall glacier in Juneau. unbelievably beautiful like you again the scenery i can't even describe it to you you don't even feel like it's real the water is such an insane shade of blue and then the, the glacier itself is like white and blue, like just striated, like white and blue and white and blue. And you're just like, how is this real? And it was incredible. It was just a beautiful day. And then we went to Glacier National Park, which hello, like it just stunned me. I was the only, I was the only one in our group who was nerdy enough to at seven o'clock be sitting in the lounge where the park ranger was. <laughs> they they um actually got this park ranger to like take a little boat over to our big boat and like jump across onto our boat and him and four of his buddies like taught us all about Glacier National Park. And after he taught us, he's like, we're going to spend all day here. We're going to be approaching the glaciers. I'll be telling you over the loudspeakers like about them. So I'm like, okay. So I go to wake everybody else up, see what's going on. I open the door to my room and I can see out my balcony, the most gorgeous view I saw the entire trip, just the most amazing colors of the water and the most amazing giant glacier, like literally outside my window. And so we like stepped out on the balcony. It was just like, you just felt like, again, like you're in this like fairy tale land. It was incredible. Just incredible. Just the beauty of that national park is like nothing else I've ever seen. And I was trying to decide like, ooh, Grand Canyon, Alaska. And I, I loved Grand Canyon, like the wildness of the Grand Canyon. Again, it's totally different, but I think Alaska, it edges it out just a little bit. It's just something about that water. It just edges it out just this like type of like calm and peace, just kind of like, you're not thinking about other things. Like you're not thinking about, you're not thinking about other things. You're not thinking about how you look. You're not thinking about work. Like the fact that you're in this amazing spot in the world, it's just like an overwhelming sense of just like wonder. Mm-hmm. Presence exists Presence. in those moments, like no yeah. other. I yeah. love that it's so, it seems so untouched by Humans. Yes. There's so few places on the planet like that that are left that, oh, I mean, I have to tell exactly everybody to go to Alaska, but sign me up. Yeah, that's exactly. He's like, there's no other national park that's this remote. There's nothing for so far away from where you're at. It's incredible. Well, that's it's incredible. Cool. I don't know. <clears throat> so I guess you're telling us that we should go. Anybody mm-hmm. listening to this, you better get yourself to Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> go to Glacier Bay, go to Juneau and see Mendenhall Glacier. Um, Huna was the other town. That's where we saw the bear. That was amazing. Uh, we also went to Ketchikan, which wasn't such a much. Ketchikan, we did our souvenir shopping. Um, and I just, it kind of reminds me if you guys have ever been to Cancun, it's kind oh, yeah, of like, yeah. you know, yeah. like every time I go on a Mediterranean, not Mediterranean, like a Caribbean kind of cruise and we head over towards Mexico after, everybody stops in Cancun and like you get your little trinkets and stuff. But yeah. you're not like, wow, that was the best part of the trip. It's just like, I right. Cancun. It's like that. Like we got some good souvenirs, but there wasn't, there wasn't such a much to see there. Um, and then we got to go to Victoria, British Columbia. Oh, 
No, I've been there. Only there for a few hours. They brought us there at night, which I've never done that on a cruise before. We had beautiful weather and that city is gorgeous. So we didn't have much time to spend there, but what a pretty place. Like this one, we took this long walk along the harbor. It was a beautiful, beautiful town. So I would love to actually spend more time in that city. Um, I've been there. Actually, I named my third daughter. Her middle name is Victoria. I remember how beautiful it is. And that was- I have been there. Yeah. It was a long time ago. I was young. I was very, I was in, I was in probably grade school. My family went to the West coast for a trip and we ended in British Columbia, Victoria. And I don't remember much of that trip, but I remember the beauty that existed there. And that's always just sort of stuck with me. So I need to go back as an adult because you see things through different eyes and different lens yeah. when you're 12 and irritated with your family, but I still remember its beauty even through all that. Yeah. It was a great city, like absolutely gorgeous. The way it was lit, the way it was right on the water, like the way they designed like the, um, I, I don't know if there was their, like their city hall or their, I don't know, maybe it was like their state capital. I don't know what it was, but some amazing government building they had lit up outlined in like twinkle lights, like the whole mm-hmm. building. I've never seen anything like that. Like the columns and like the domes, like they're all lit up. Like it's like Christmas time, but it's not. Um, And for me, like that's my favorite part of the holidays and Christmas is the lights. I'm like, why can't we have lights year round? Right. It would just be so so lovely, so magical. (laughs) You know, like my parents' neighbors, they keep these, their white lights on their trees year round. And I love it. And I was Mm -hmm. like, this is what it should be like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you would like Victoria because it was beautiful lit up building and then just all the flower arrangements just hanging Mm. from the poles and in the bushes. It's again, just, um, it sounds very European. Yes. It did feel, it did feel kind of European. Yeah. Yeah. Highly recommend going to Alaska. I was actually inspired. Um, when I got home, I was just like, I just need to be out in nature more. I mean, I do Mm -hmm. hike, but I haven't hiked as much this summer. We've just been, yeah. What's the word everybody uses busy, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just busy. Um, and so I was like, where are there, there's clearly nothing like Alaska near me. (laughs) There's nothing that's going to look like that, but I know we have pretty things around here. And so I looked up like prettiest places to visit in Pennsylvania. And now I have a nice little short list. That's, you know, within a couple hours of me of places I would like to go to be in, in the wilderness and, you know, explore what's what I can without taking another trip. I mean, we'll take another trip, but in between. Definitely. Yeah, no, I understand. It's so easy to get lost in just the day to day. And you know, living in California, I have so many amazing places around me. I mean, Lake Tahoe, which I, I did not spend a lot of time in Lake Tahoe when I was growing up and I don't love the snow. So like, that's a very popular place to go during the winter because of ski season. So I always just kind of avoided it. And then a couple of years ago, I started to go more in the summer and in the fall. And I just absolutely fell in love. Like there is no place like it. So mm-hmm. something like that, I mean, it takes like maybe three and a half hours. And then, you know, I've got Yosemite, I've got the Redwoods, just like, oh my oh, gosh. Yeah. Places. Marcy, like, yeah. you need to get to mm-hmm. those places. Right. <laughs> and, and, and apparently I, just, I need I, to come visit you and that's where we need to go. How close are you to like Yosemite and the Redwoods? Uh, Yosemite's probably like four hours, I would say. I mean, the Redwoods, you can get there in an hour, certain places. All right, yeah. Katie, let's go visit Marcy. We I can go, yeah, see the Redwoods, go to Yosemite. This sounds amazing. I yeah. I mean, it would, it would take some time to get to all those places, but absolutely. Let's do it. And Kim, one last thing that I want to ask you about, would you recommend a cruise? I would, but I will say it really is personality dependent. I know people who hate cruises. Great I love people, them. I think they're great. But they don't like them. And so if you haven't been on a cruise, I say definitely try one because maybe you'll like it. 
it's one of my favorite ways to vacation because I really like the relaxation mode that can hit in. Like I go in, I unpack my stuff and then you take me places. Like I don't have to worry about anything else. Like I've already decided like I'm going to go see bears and I'm going to go see whales. You're taking care of all my meals. You're getting me there and bringing me back. Like, I don't have to think about anything. We're not looking for parking spots, right? And so there's this element of like freedom and mental relaxation that I really like. Like, I like that. I will say this was a particularly good cruise because post COVID they've changed some things. One thing is they don't have those boats up to full capacity, which, wow, Mm -hmm. that makes a difference because if you don't like, like, Sometimes, sometimes on cruise we've been on, I'm like, this is just too many people. Like there's too many people. Now, like I said, we did do this upgrade to the thermal spa. So that's even less people because you have to pay extra for that. And so it's much more secluded. Um, so I do like being on cruises where they're not over full, but I really like this idea of like, I'm going to go to sleep. And then when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to have gone somewhere else <laughs> mm-hmm. without any effort. So I do like it. Um, we're thinking sometime in the week, we put money down on another cruise. They always get you. If you're, if you like cruises, they're like, if you put this much money down, we'll give you this much. And you don't even pick your cruise. Like you just, it's called cruise next. So we did it. So all three of the couples that went. So sometime in the next four years, we're going on another cruise and we're thinking maybe Mediterranean. You know, it's one of those things you have to feel out. Do I like cruising or doing that? So I'd say, try it out and see. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. My, my dad, cause my parents started to go on a lot of trips after I left the house. Of, of course they would do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, but we did go, we went on two cruises when I was a kid. So one to the Caribbean and then one to, I think it's the Western Caribbean, which I didn't love. It was Montego Bay, Jamaica, excuse me, Montego Bay, Grand Cayman and Cosmo, Mexico. I was not impressed with that. It's so funny because you said, oh, you wake up and you're at this new port of call. And I thought that Jamaica was going to be so beautiful. And I got up early and I ran out there to see it. And I was so disappointed. Yeah, Um, that's what I meant to say when I said Cancun earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that's what I meant to say. It's like not such a much. You were, uh, you're right on when, how, with how you explained it, Yeah. but my dad calls cruising the sampler plate because you just get to go to like all these places. And then maybe there's one that you really like and you decide, Oh, Hey, I want to go back at some point and spend more time there. But yeah, I do think cruising is a great way to do it. I'm curious how, or what cruise line did you go on for the last So we went on Norwegian. We've gone on Norwegian the past good bunch of times we've cruised. Um, I've also done a princess cruise and I've done a Disney cruise. I did a Disney cruise when my kids were little. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think like, as far as customer service and stuff, you can't beat Disney, but guys, I'm not a Disney adult. Like it's not my thing. I'm not <laughs> into Disney and I don't really want to go on a Disney cruise with a bunch of Disney adults or be around all the kids. If I don't have my kids with me, I won't go on another Disney cruise until we have like grandchildren. But if you have kids, it's a great cruise line. Princess definitely tends towards like an older crowd. Um, Things are a little more formal. They don't have some of the fun things like our cruise ship had like laser tag and um, like race cars and things. You're not finding that on princess ships from what I've I've seen. Um, This crowd is kind of, Norwegian is kind of mixed. There's definitely some kids sometimes, not on this cruise. I think it's because of the timing. Like everybody had just started school. There were hardly any kids on this cruise. Um, but it's a good fun boat. Like if you have teenagers, like my teenagers have always loved Norwegian. There's always have like a good, like teen program kind of thing and lots to do on the boat. So I I'm a fan of Norwegian. Um, yeah, we're going to do Norwegian again. So then there's things like Holland America and Viking, and those are definitely tending towards an older crowd. Like when Mm -hmm. I say older, I mean, older than me, I know I'm old, but (laughs) older than Mm -hmm. me. 
uh, actually, interestingly, when we were on the canoe tour, when we were canoeing over to this glacier, my husband looked at me, he's like, we're the oldest people here. And I was like, we are not. Because this canoe, there was like 20, 21, 22 of us like rowing this canoe. And I knew the kid leading it was young. Like he was in his twenties. And I looked around, I'm like, there's no way, Brian, we're not the oldest. And I look around and I'm like, dang it, if we're not, like everyone else is in their thirties and their twenties. <laughs> and, and that was us. Um, mm-hmm. So Norwegian is definitely all ages on it. Excellent. Good to know. Yeah. I got to plan a trip. Plan a trip. It's good. Marcy, do you want to, do you want to like give us some insight into what you've been up to the last week or so? We could, I guess at this point we should, if, I mean, if you haven't already picked this up as a listener, we're doing a catch up here. So it's been <laughs> a little while since we've all sat down. And so, you know, we're going to just kind of take, go through each one of us and, and sort of talk about everything that's going on and what we can sort of, you know, expand upon for, you know, the benefit of, of you all listening. So thank you for being here for that. So I mean, is it, should we, should we transition over to Mars? Or is yeah, let's do it. Camp? Well, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet. I don't have a lot of updates. Unfortunately, it has been quite the boring life that I lead over here. So I think the most exciting thing is I got out of the house last week and went to my friend's baby shower, mm. <laughs> but it was, it was one of those things where I didn't, I really didn't want to go. I'll have to admit. And I'm like, oh, it's like an hour drive each way. I'm not going to know anybody. And then once you get there, you end up having a really good time. And I did end up knowing one person. So a friend of mine who I haven't seen for a while. So I hung out with him mostly and we just caught up. So that was nice. And it was good just to, to meet her husband, her family. So yeah, that was cool. Um, Football season is off to a interesting start. So if those people don't know, I'm a huge Oregon Duck football fan and basically it like makes or breaks my weekend. So first game of the season was a complete bloodbath. And I'm like, okay, well, it's basically over in my eyes. So you're dead to me, team. <laughs> and then they played Georgia, who's like the number one team in the country. And yeah. um yeah, it was ugly. But then they turned it around and are are doing well. They just beat BYU, which is a huge win. So I'm feeling better about that. And yeah, I that's kind of like my just basic update. I have nothing on the calendar to look forward to, which I'm a little bummed about. So I keep saying, Katie, I'm going to come make a trip to Madison, which I still want to do maybe Colorado. I don't know. We'll figure yeah. it out. But uh, I, I think really like my, you know, update is I've been on this really intense protocol for the last four months to do just uh, fix some stuff with my health, my autoimmune issues. And it's been going really well. I've been making good progress, but I definitely had a little bit of a setback when I got COVID. So the progress that I was making, I felt like it was, you know, the two steps forward, one step back. And it was really frustrating. I'll be honest. And just to feel like you're putting in all this work and, and like staying committed, I wasn't cutting corners or not being compliant. Um, and yeah, I was so frustrated and I was really on the verge of giving up and I was stressed out. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Why it's not working. It's not worth it. And then I just said to myself, like, you are not a quitter and you have to see this through. The other thing was I was comparing myself to other people because I have some friends and coworkers who are doing something similar and they were making really good progress. And so seeing their success was getting to my head, like, what's wrong with me? Is my body broken? You know, all of this. And 
it's just a really good reminder that you have to put your blinders on. You cannot look at everyone else around you um, because it is going to lead to so much discouragement. I think for a lot of people, it does. If, if they are not, if they haven't been doing this for long enough to understand that this is part of the process and it's just what happens and everybody's body is different and is going to respond at a different rate, then, you know, it's really easy to, to let that get to your head and uh, affect your decision-making. So I just had to like, keep my head in the game and I'm glad I did because the next week, everything started to come together and turn around and it was just this really beautiful reminder that I like to tell people, don't give up before the magic happens, because you could literally be on, you know, the verge of this huge shift and really starting to make some good progress. I call it like sometimes success looks like slowly, 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 suddenly, and everyone gets, gives up during that slow part right before it's just like, bam. So that's kind of what happened to me. So I'm feeling better, more encouraged. It was really stressing me out, I'll, I'll tell you. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it. And hopefully I'll be done with this soon. I am certainly ready, but yeah, I just wanted to share that for anybody who is on their own journey, whether it's a fat loss, fitness, health, um, to keep going because there's always something beautiful waiting on the other side. If you just- Great, yeah. Mars. Actually, James Clear has a really good analogy too about ice melting at 32 degrees, mm -hmm. right? Like not, not, you know, 39 and a half, not 35, not even like 32.1. It's like 32 right. degrees Fahrenheit, right? And it's like, it doesn't mean all that work that it took to get anywhere above 32 doesn't count. In fact, it was like critical digging to get there, right? So I love that. That's, that's a great message. Yeah. So that's it, Katie, on to you. <laughs> So, I mean, again, like nothing super exciting, but for me, um, most people know, most listeners know I have not tracked macros for probably a year and a half. I don't even know the date, probably a year and a half is my guess. Um, and I actually started tracking again two weeks ago, but inconsistently about maybe like one week ago. And I started doing it because I wanted to try out the macros first app. You guys probably mm -hmm. know all the brouhaha about you know, my fitness pal charging for, for your meeting, requiring you to be premium, to have certain features that were formerly available to free. And I was someone, when I did use the tracking apps, I paid for it. I didn't, this wouldn't have affected me, but, um, I wanted to just make sure I had all of my recipes in another app as well, in case, um, paying for premium wasn't available to somebody. So I went with macros first, which was recommended by my friend, Amber Grisicki, and so I've begun starting to put all my, all my stuff in there as well as in my fitness pal. So, um, with it, I wanted to really kind of get my hands, my, a handle on it and see how it felt and, and just make sure that I was actually behind it before I kind of went ahead and did all the work. So it was interesting. I went in and I'll tell you what ladies, like old habits die hard, right? Like I've always preached, you know, about gray area and making sure that there's flexibility and making things like... Um, you know, as, as elastic as possible. And that's how you win the long game. But I got back into tracking and I was like, dang it, if I don't hit whatever number I want to hit, like within a gram or two. And I was like, wow, that's, that feels awful. Like, that's not what I, that's not who I am anymore. And so, um, you know, I did a couple of things. I realized that like, first and foremost, my intent with tracking, I, I, I was very clear with the intent. It was to understand this app. It was not to change my body. And so once I shifted and, and sort of sat with my intent 
versus like the old habits that very easily still kind of rose up within me, it became really simple. And one of the first things I did to make that shift was I put my, my goals ridiculously high because I did not want like crazy numbers coming up or they're not crazy numbers, but numbers, actual numbers coming up and, and spooking me or making me feel like I was doing something wrong. Like I had, I was approaching it with curiosity, no judgment. I, again, not in the fat loss phase. That's not the purpose of this, but I had to really sort of step outside the shell of my former self that was like very ingrained in control and the rules and the purpose was much different um, to immerse in, in this. And it was such an interesting exercise in basically in how far I've come because it would have been really easy for me to slip back in. Um, because if there's one thing I know for me personally about tracking macros is that it's super easy to eat less if I'm tracking. If I'm not tracking, like I, I'm, I'm heavy handed with the dressing and I just put handfuls of things and just like what all of us do, it's very mm -hmm. easy um, to, to add, you know, 200 calories to one meal if you're not paying attention or if that's something that's important to you. And that has not been something that's important to me. For me, satiety has been important. Okay. But if you, but when I started tracking macros, everything came back to me and I was like, oh no, everything needs to be very specific and very precise and very within the grams. Um, until I kind of just let that go. So it was a really interesting exercise and in seeing, you know, yes, how far I've come, but also that a lot of that stuff that I've, I've really worked hard to get past is not as far away from the surface as I'd like it to be. So it was a very yeah. intentional, interesting experience. So I don't well, know. That's so let's talk a little bit about this whole, um, my fitness pal thing. Cause I, although we've talked about it, I think other people, some people are still like, wait, what's going on. Sure. Um, I've covered it on my stories a bit, talked about it with my, um, new members, because this was a pretty big deal. This change happened literally as we were launching. And one of the things that the program I run is a macro tracking program. Well, we track, we track calories and protein. And typically the one that I give everybody directions on how to use is my fitness pal, because more people than not have had experience with that one. And so I talked with my assistant coach and I was like, I think we need to offer other things because not everybody, I don't want people to get started and then surprise in October, you now have to pay to get the feature you're used to using, especially if we do have new people, let's start them on something else. So we did some investigate, actually when I say we, it was mostly my assistant coach because I was really busy with the launch. And so um, my assistant coach, Andrew, did a lot of the looking around for me. Um, I apparently either never updated my Lose It app because that's what I've always used or I was grandfathered in because I, to this day, until I started tracking my saturated fat a month or so ago, I had never paid for Lose It and always had had the barcode scanner, always been able to do um, like set my own protein and calories. And what she was finding is you had the barcode scanner for free on Lose It, but you were not able to set your protein and calories by the gram, um, you had to set them by percentage. And that gets really confusing for people. She's like, mm -hmm. it was not an easy thing, which I didn't know. I'm like, I don't know how I was still doing it all these years later. So that's a really important thing to know. If you go to lose it, you are going to want to get the paid variation. It is cheaper than the regular price of my fitness pal though. There's definitely deals out there for my fitness pal. Um, my assistant coach found one that's in the thirties. I think it was 37 or 39. Um, for the year. What's that for the year? Is that the, for the year? The, yeah. Okay. That you could get my fitness pal for the year. So there are some deals out there and that's a similar price to lose it. So I personally am of the opinion, if you already have all your numbers in an app, maybe it's worth the $39. If you already have all of your recipes, very of your favorite foods, 
I had recently just paid to upgrade lose it because I did want to track my saturated fat for some heart health things I'm working on. The other things we found, um, uh, my plate, when she told me she liked my plate, we looked at chronometer. Chronometer, the big downside of chronometer is you cannot split up your day by meals unless you get the paid version. So it just mm. makes a giant list of your food. Oh, like that's, that's not aesthetic. I need to look at things divided. It's not useful. Like it's not no. useful to see like how much, you know, what am I eating for breakfast, lunch, and dinner? And what are those macros? And how does that impact this? Like, it's not a great, to me, that's like, if I put all my, just did every, all my tasks, like on a big list and didn't ever break them down by day. Like mm-hmm. I thought that was a terrible feature. And so we didn't recommend chronometer though. They did apparently have a nice big database. Um, and they did have the free barcode scanner. You didn't have to pay for an upgrade, but if you wanted to break your food up by meals, you had to pay for the upgrade. So we didn't recommend that one. My plate was one she really liked, very intuitive. I've downloaded it. I've played around with it just a smidge. It does look good. The database is okay. Like it's not as, I don't think it's as big as some others. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought by the name that it was going to be somehow run like by the U S government, like, you know, like they're my plate thing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, is this going to have some plate template? It's not, they're not at all associated, not at all associated. Um, So my plate is a good one. Free for all of those features. You can set your own macros. You can set your protein, set your calories. It has the barcode scanner. So that's definitely a good option. And then she messaged me on the cruise about this macros first one. And she did hear about it from Amber Brzezicki as well. She's like, Kim, I'm looking at this one. I think it's a really good one. I think we should recommend this one as well. And she was telling me about some of the good features. Katie, what, what are the features that you like about it? So I love that you can, if, if there's not an item, so MyFitnessPal is crowdsourced, right? So a lot of that information in there is, is people will put that in and, and this is the same way, but you can scan a label and if something, and you know, you use the scanner and if it's not inputted, because really this, 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 um, app I'm realizing is much less far reaching than my fitness pal. So I will scan things like from Trader Joe's and they won't be in there yet. And I'll be shocked. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh, who's not put in Trader Joe's at a mommy yet. And I'm first. Yeah. And so you can scan the label and it will instantly take a picture of the label and upload it all. And it's all right there, which I think That's is beautiful. Great. The other thing that you can do is reverse engineer is a reverse engineer option. So if let's say you want to hit a hundred and, you know, or maybe you want to hit like 45 grams of protein in this meal and you're only at 37, it will adjust the grams within your meal to show you exactly how many grams of whatever you need to have to hit that number, which I thought was really genius. Yeah. That was the feature that my assistant coach, Andrea told me about that. I'm like, wait, that's really cool. So if I could basically say like, I need 47 grams of protein in this meal and I want to have turkey breast. And then it can tell me how much turkey breast to eat. Mm, That's great. Rather than like having to consistent, like just put in like, is four and a half ounces enough? Is six, like trying to like figure it out that way. It's just quicker. And anything that can make this quicker and easier and smoother, I think is a good thing. So Mm -hmm. I've downloaded that app. I just barely started playing around with it. I don't have any personal experience with it yet, but like I said, my assistant did, and she, she really liked it. I mean, just, she just started it. Like a lot of us, we're just starting with these things, Mm -hmm. but right now in the short term, I do think either my fitness pal paid, lose it paid my plate or macros first seem like really good. Macros first unpaid. I should be clear. Unpaid. Macros first unpaid. I have not even touched a paid version of macros first. I don't know even what, I'm sure it would add great things, but I'm not, that's the point for me. The point of this was to find one that was unpaid, but absolutely. And I think that's a really important thing. Like we need to offer things to people that are not paid because 
frankly, people who come to work with me, they're already paying to work for my program. I don't want to be like, and now you have to buy this other mm -hmm. thing. And right. so I definitely want to give them options of here's a really good resource that's free. And my fitness pal used to be that thing. And it's not. And by the way, I bet that they are kicking themselves right now. I don't think that they're happy with this decision. Like, mm -hmm. like My fitness pal has made me so mad for so many years. And they essentially had me in golden handcuffs because that was just where I had all of my stuff loaded. And so right. this was just the kicker I needed to get out because that app freezes up on me. I lose my work. I have to do a lot on the desktop version because the app is just so crappy. And I like, I'm thrilled to walk away from promoting my fitness pal with my recipes. And like I said, there, Kim, there are plenty of people who already have the premium version and they're like, can we please stop talking about this? This doesn't yeah. affect me at all. And to, <laughs> to which my answer is I'm going to keep on, you know, put uploading things there yeah. because you're, you're like, thank you. Thank you for being there. I'm not going to just yeah. like drop that, but I do like the idea of, of options. It just makes yeah. sense. Absolutely. Wait, you said something that made me think there was something else you said that was really important. I wanted to mess it, say it, point out. Ah, what was it? I don't remember, but yeah, I think it's important to have free options, paid mm -hmm. options. Um, you know, try some different things out. If you're just, if you're just getting started and don't want to pay, I wouldn't pick my fitness pal or lose it. I would pick either macros first or uh, my plate and yeah. go with one of those. Um, yeah. And if you're not interested in calorie tracking, sorry for this long discussion. <laughs> I think a lot of people are, and they're like, what's, what's going on with this? So I've enjoyed that. getting back into it. It's, I, it's always been fun for me to look and assess data. And I I've actually really been excited to see like where my, my numbers have fallen after really not paying a lot of attention and going with like my intuition and like, what do I really feel like? And what do I really want for this meal? And I don't, and I feel like having a grilled cheese sandwich and tomato soup for dinner and there's no protein and like life goes on. Um, yeah. and, and it does, and it's, and it's nice. I feel like it's kind of a nice message for somebody who doesn't want to diet forever. Like they're, you know, cause we talk, cause that's the goal, right? Ladies, like we always talk, like we want to like work ourselves out of a job with these conversations. It's not about a lifetime of, of dieting. It's about, you know, how do we make our lifestyle easier? And uh, it's really nice to be at a point where I feel like I, I can have the best of both worlds. Like for sure, I'm not as lean as I once was, but that's not the goal for me. And, and um, I'm still in a really healthy, happy, strong place physically. And so if that doesn't come with the crazy lean body that I had three years ago, I'm super, I'm super comfortable with that right now, which is, you know, not where I was two years and one year ago. So it's mm -hmm. taken that long, I think, to finally start to feel good in my skin because yeah. I was, I'll we can, this is for enough, you know, content for another episode, but man, I was in it. I was in diet culture when I was super lean. So it's, yeah. it's mm -hmm. nice to know that there's a way out. I like yeah. hearing about that, Katie. That's, that's fantastic to hear about. Well, I think this has been a great episode. We've covered a lot of ground here. <laughs> we sure have. Uh, uh, from whales to macros. Yes. Um, okay. We will catch up with you next week. Uh, we're looking forward to getting back to weekly content again. Yes. And ladies, as always, it's been great to catch up. Absolutely. Good to have you back, Kim. Talk soon. Bye, Bye. everyone. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. If you liked this, if it was helpful for you, it would mean the world to us if you left a rating and review wherever you're listening. It really does help our work get in front of more people. Thanks so much for being here with you and we'll see you again next week.